0: Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. My message title is called Our Hope is in God Alone. And about a month ago, I was driving to work and I had 570 News on. And I heard on the news this story of how a young university student, from University of Waterloo or Laurier, one of the two universities. The night before had jumped off his 10th story apartment unit and took his life. And it was one of those stories where it just broke my heart. And I and I was so heavy at hearing this news. And it just makes me start to think like what would take somebody to that point, to do something like that? What causes people to become so hopeless where they would do that? It's heartbreaking. It's overwhelming. You know, we hear of a little over a month ago, the sudden hockey bus crash in Saskatoon. The Humboldt Broncos and 16 people are suddenly killed, and their lives are over. And once again, we hear this week in Texas of another shooting, which is coming, becoming more and more common, where it doesn't seem to phase us as much anymore. It's just becoming almost normal. It's becoming almost just a part of the regular news, and on the very same day we hear a story in Cuba of how an airplane goes down and over a hundred people are killed. And when you hear these stories, when you hear them, it, it, in, on Thursday alone, with what happened in Texas and in Cuba, thousands of people's lives, those initially that were killed, and, and all the family and friends and students and people in that nation, thousands upon thousands of people's lives, were shaken to the core, were changed forever. Their lives were changed forever. They had no idea that this would happen. They just thought it would be a normal ride on an airplane, like they've done probably numerous times without even, without even thinking about it. And suddenly, tragedy strikes, and thousands of people are affected by it, and they're in shock. And they're in sorrow. And they're in tears. That, that night of the tragedy, there's, there's not a minute of sleep. It's pure shock and heartbreak and tears. So much so that you're, you're in agony, physical agony. The sorrow and the heartache and the anger that would come. Why? Why did this happen? Why do things like this happen? And I know for myself, even though I've been a Christian for a long time, even though I'm a preacher, even though I'm a pastor, even though all of those things, it doesn't matter, there's still times where I'm so overwhelmed by stories like this, and I ask myself, why? Why do things like this happen? What causes people to become so hopeless? Or when tragedy strikes for people, They're scrambling for hope. Where do we go? I lost my son. I lost my daughter. I lost my mom. They were on that airplane. Where do I turn? Where do I go? And there's all these questions of why and what and where do I turn? And the answer of why is very simple. And the answer is sin. We live in a broken, fallen world that is consumed by sin. It's always been that way since the fall of Adam and Eve. Sin has destroyed what God has desired. Sin has destroyed what God has created. It's ruined everything. It's sin. But there is hope for sin. And there is hope for sinners. And there is hope for people that are hurt and heartbroken. And discouraged and depressed and distraught and brokenhearted. There is hope for this world. Let us never ever become a Christian that is just about going to church on a Sunday morning. Let us never become a church that is just about meeting on a Sunday morning. Let us always remember that as we go to our jobs, as we go to our family members' homes for visits, as we go to the grocery store, as we go wherever we go, let us always remember that there is hope and that we have the answer for people and their hopelessness. It is Jesus Christ. Amen? People will go to doctors and psychiatrists and find and they, they release their feelings and they express how they're feeling and they might have temporary hope, but it's just that it's temporary, it doesn't last. The next day comes and they feel overwhelmed once again. But our hope is in God alone. The Bible says in Psalms 42, if you want to turn there, Psalms 42, we're going to read at verse 1 through 11. Psalms 42, verse 1 through 11. Listen to what the psalmist says. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go? When can I go and stand before him? Listen to those words. As the deer longs or pants for the water, it's thirsty, it is desiring water, so is I long for you, O God. I thirst for God. Do Do you remember times in your lives, maybe you're in a season right now, where you are just so hungry and thirsty for God? There's times in our lives as Christians that we will will be in a season where we are just hungry for more of God's presence. We are thirsty for more of God. Amen? And he says, just like the deer who's thirsty for water, I'm thirsting for God. When can I stand before you, Lord? He says in verse 3 then, day and night I have only tears for my food while my enemies are continually taunting me saying where is this god of yours this man is thirsty for god he's searching for god and the critics and the, and the opposition are saying look at you you're so thirsty and, and you're searching after this god where is your god for and he says day and night i i only have tears for food and they say where is This God of yours, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. This man is in a dry season in his life. He's thirsty, he's hungry. God, oh, I need you in my life. And he says, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks and sound of great celebration. He's remembering the times when when things were just moving and, and he was just rejoicing in God. And now he's dry and he's thirsty like a deer needing water. And the enemy's saying, where is your God? And he's remembering these times where he was just on fire for God. And he was feeling the praises and the presence of God. And he says, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope. In God, I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. He says, now I'm deeply discouraged. Can you relate with this writer? I am deeply discouraged, God. I'm thirsting after you. But he says, I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? He's discouraged. He feels like God has forgotten him. He says, why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? And he says in verse 11 once again, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. The majority of human beings in this world, they don't turn to God for hope and comfort. They turn to other things to find rest and love and joy and peace and comfort. They don't turn to God. They turn to things like drugs and alcohol. You know, they they drink so much alcohol that it, it just reconfigures their brain and it temporarily brings relief because they can no longer remember what they're going through and the pain that they are experiencing in their lives. And so they consume alcohol to relieve them of that pain. Or they fill their body with drugs to give them a high. But all of these things will come crashing down. It brings nothing but more trouble. They get they get drunk and they're laughing and they're feeling good. But then the next morning they're... They're sick, physically sick, and they have a throbbing headache, and there's no more peace. It was only temporary. It doesn't last. Those things wear off. And the majority of people in this world, the majority of people that we see with our own eyes in the shopping malls, on the highways, wherever we might go, the majority of people are walking around needing hope, real lasting hope that is only found in Jesus. And you and I are called to be the ones to tell them this news, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? And the hope that He brings. Many are feeling hopeless. I remember that story in Toronto there with the guy with the van. And he was pleading with the police officer to take his life. Can you you think of that? Why would this man want to die? Satan is consuming people's lives and minds with despair and hopelessness. And today we sang in church that Jesus loves me, and that's truth. And Satan wants to say the opposite, that Jesus is he, he, hes against you. Look at what you've done. Look at the mistakes you've made. Look at the failures in your life. Look at your family. Look at You've been in jail for this long. You're a mess. You're a joke. How could Jesus, how could God even love you? And the enemy wants to convince people that there's no hope. There's no love. There's no God. There's no afterlife. And that people come to say, just take my life. It's hopeless. But we have the answer. The church is the answer to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to this hopeless and dying world. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me. Don't go to alcohol. Don't go to drugs. Don't go to some seductive woman or man. Don't, don't go in looking at your flesh, at what can please your flesh. That's only temporary. That's only going to make things worse. Believe me, Jesus says, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, or heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Our friends and family who don't have Jesus, they need to find rest in him. And there's an open invitation for everyone in this planet. If they would only choose to come, Jesus has life. Jesus has rest. Jesus has hope for them in their despair and hopelessness. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. There's times in my life, presently, where all I can do is cry and say, Lord, I need you. I literally don't know any other words to say. But that Jesus, I need you. I need your strength. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your grace. I need your mercy, Lord. I need your presence. I need joy. I need peace. Lord, guard my mind. My mind is being bombarded with lies from Satan, lies from this world. Lord, I need you. And he says, come to me. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace, the Bible says, where we can receive mercy and grace in times times of need. And it's an open invitation to whoever will come. Jesus says, come to me. You know, this is this is all that I saw growing up as a boy. And I'm very, I'm very thankful to God for that. I don't take that for granted. I thank God for the upbringing that I had. Your upbringing may, was maybe not like that. Maybe you saw your family members turning to alcohol and drugs instead of Jesus. And so I can't relate with that because all I saw was my mom and dad turning to Jesus when life got hard. And so that was installed within me. If you're here this morning and you've always struggled with not seeing people go to Jesus, but go to things of the flesh, listen, Jesus Christ, today you can start now, that Jesus is the final answer. He is the final hope. You and I don't need those things. Those things won't last. Those things are full of lies. But Jesus, when we go to Him, it's full of truth. I remember remember so clearly when I was nine years old, And we got the news that one of my father's sisters had passed away. And we were heartbroken. I was nine years old. I remember it like as if it happened yesterday. And I remember my father went upstairs to his office. And I remember walking up after down the hallway and I saw his door was open a crack. And I peeked in the door and he was face down on the ground crying out to Jesus because he needed help. He was heartbroken. And my father knew that he didn't need to go get a beer. He didn't go, he had to go indulge in the flesh. He needed to cry out to Jesus. Because his hope was in Jesus. And so when I saw that, to this day I don't even know if he knows I did that. Here's little Matthew peeking through the door. But I've never forgotten that. And the impact that it's made on me. Many times... Many times I would come home from work when I was an older teenager. I come home from work or school, and nobody's home, but I, I hear downstairs, my dad's crying out to the Lord, just weeping, agonizing for his family, for his ministry. He's just crying out to God. And so this was installed within me. It's, it's all I've known is to turn to Jesus, because in Him we find real hope. And all those birds said, Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 5, please, if you have your Bibles. If not, just listen. We're going to read a story to illustrate this in Mark chapter 5. Verse 21. It says, Mark 5:21. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. And then a, li- a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Think of that. Think of that as a father. For you to have to say that sentence, my little daughter is dying. And he's there, and, he's, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus, and he says, those words Jesus my little daughter is dying that's that's a heavy real raw intimate scenario that's happening right now before Jesus this man Jairus is in desperate need because his little daughter is dying he says please come and lay your hands on her Heal her so she can live. And so Jesus went with him. That's powerful. When we go to Jesus and when we pray and when we make requests to Jesus, church, he listens to you. There's humans that you might talk and they're not listening. There's humans that might just say, don't talk to me, I don't want to hear you. But Jesus never says that. Jesus always listens. No matter what it is you have to say. Is that not good news? You can say any sentence to Jesus. I've said some very personal sentences to Jesus that nobody else knows but Jesus. And he listened to me. He did not laugh at me. He did not mock me. He did not say, What did you just say, boy? He listened to me. And even me, I had to get past my mind saying, Can I say that to Jesus? Have you been there before? Was that prayer okay? Did I pray good enough? If you can say a word and you can say it with sincere faith to Jesus, that's good enough. And Jesus listens. And the Bible says that Jesus went with Jairus. He was on his way to bring healing to his daughter, who was dying. He did not turn away. And all the people followed, crowding around him. Verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with a constant issue of blood she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she'd spent everything she had to pay them this woman is struggling she has a health problem in her body some sort of health problem in her blood and it's been 12 long years and she's seen not one doctor but the bible says she's seen many doctors and if doctors are the same today, especially in America, as they were then, they're not cheap. Praise God we have OHIP. And, oh, honestly, doctors aren't cheap. And she spent everything she had to pay many doctors, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse, the Bible says. You have been there before? You're struggling with something, it feels so long, never leaving, never changing, and in fact, it's only getting worse. Doctors can't help, money doesn't help, a new job doesn't help, a new husband doesn't help, a new child doesn't help. (laughs) None of these things help. But what we're going through, whatever it is, seems to be getting worse. This is where this lady is at. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched Jesus' robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of Jesus and told him what she had done. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher any longer. It's like, oh yeah, remember Jairus? He was a part of the story too. The story starts with Jairus. He's the one that is in need of Jesus. He's the one that came to Jesus first. Jesus went with him. He was on his way to answer his prayer. And then this woman came and so rudely interrupted. Do you see it? This woman comes and she needs Jesus too. And she gets her answer to prayer and she's healed. After 12 years, Jesus heals her. But what about Jairus? Now he finds that it's too late. Now he finds his daughter is dead. Could you imagine the feelings that would have come over him in that moment? He's in desperate need. And Jesus is coming. You could imagine the joy that he must have felt when he he saw that Jesus was going with him back to his house. And then all of a sudden, moments later, after Jesus answers the woman's prayer, that the news comes that it's too late, his daughter's dead. You could imagine the feeling that must have come over that man, over that father. Why? Why did this have to happen? Why did you not just think it? Why did you not just speak it? Why didn't you come sooner? All of these different questions that human beings can have. Your your daughter is dead. We think back momentarily of the psalmist that we read in Psalm 42. He was discouraged. He was depressed. But he said that I put my hope in God. Right, remember what we read there? It continues on in in the next chapter, Psalm 43. He says in verse 2, For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Do you see that? The psalmist felt like God had tossed him aside. Jairus must have felt like Jesus has just kind of forgotten about him because his daughter's dead now have you been there before god where are you don't you hear my prayers i've prayed for so long i don't see any change i don't hear any of, i don't hear your voice i don't see anything changing here god have you tossed me aside have you forgotten me we read back in the story verse 36 but jesus overheard them and said to Jairus do not be afraid only believe He told Jairus. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let them go with him except Peter, James, and John. And when they came to Jairus' home, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? This child is not dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the little girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. What an amazing, encouraging story for you and I this morning. If you feel like God has not heard your prayers, he has. If you feel that God is not walking beside you, He is. If you feel like days come where it just seems hopeless and it just seems too overwhelming, the news articles, the, the the hardship at your job, the hardship in your family, the struggle in your marriage, the struggle with your children. If you feel at times it just gets too hard, it's just too much. Listen, in Jesus Christ, it is not. There's always hope in Jesus. You and I need this, and the world needs this. It's not found anywhere else but in Jesus alone. Amen? Psalm 39, verse 4 through 7 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. My only hope is in you. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. That one verse there is all we need for the rest of our days on earth. Is it not? Rejoice in our confident hope. That's what we are doing this morning. That's what we do when we praise the Lord. We're rejoicing in God because We are are filled with hope, you and I. We are filled with hope that this world needs so that they too can also rejoice in the hope that we rejoice in. We have hope knowing that when we die, man, we we are in heaven. We're with Jesus. We will see Him. That's the hope we have. A great woman of God from our old church on, thir- on Saturday, last Saturday, slipped in her bathroom and hit her head and she passed away. But right now, she's no longer suffering. She's in heaven with Jesus. She was a godly woman. She loved Jesus. She was, up, she was in her 80s, living on her own with her granddaughter. She endured so much. Every time I would see her, oh, Matthew, she would hug me with the love of God. She was a godly woman. She was a blessing. Her hope was not in anything this world had to offer. Her hope was in Jesus and Jesus alone. That's where our hope needs to be. Because like we just said, teach us to number our days. It says in James that life is like a vapor. We don't know. Tomorrow is not promised. So today we have hope, church. We have hope. We trust that tomorrow is going to come. We trust that the Lord is going to wake us up in the morning, that he's going to give us strength to go a our day. He's going to go before us and keep us safe. But we don't know. But our hope is sure that when we die, when this world is over, we are with, with Jesus in heaven. Like my dear elderly friend, who if she was given an opportunity to come back home again, she would say, are you out of your mind? She would. Amen? Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. We need to be patient in trouble. Trouble is going to come. It's not going to be easy all the time. Just be patient during those seasons. Keep rejoicing. Keep praising the Lord in those times. I know it's hard. Sometimes we don't want to worship God. Sometimes we don't want to praise Him. But we need to rejoice in Him be patient in times of trouble and keep praying stay near to god stay close to god because in him is our only hope and we need to go tell the world amen i it, it's like it's crazy to, to me to think that there's churches and ministries that are so much more focused on the perfect sound system in their building or the perfect lighting and and the greatest facility. And there's nothing there's nothing initially wrong with those things, but if those things in the, the Church of Jesus Christ come before remembering that we need to share the hope that we have found in our church, in our world, through our lives that has to be primary, amen? That has to be first. And then if God wants to bless you with all those things, give him glory and use them for his glory. But let's not let any of those things, any anything on earth come before us, sharing the, the good news and the hope that Jesus brings. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, my son. Hop on the drums. We're going to worship the Lord, okay? Before we go. And then we have coffee and cookies as well. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.